0: why do you do this why in live music and it's something that i've struggled with a little because i have a you know i'm a virgo i'm a solutions person every time anything's wrong i want to fix it you know <laughs> and i feel like that applies to for right you know in a very big degree to the to the state of the world right it's like there are serious problems and so sometimes i think like well what am i even doing why should i why am i playing music you know One of my favorite writers wrote just the other day this really disgruntled piece about how the world is falling apart and people still are just like, want to be like rock stars and this and that. And, you know, and and that struck me because I was like, yeah, I hear that. Like, why do I have the right? Why shouldn't I actually be back in school figuring out like carbon sequestration or alternative energy production? And I think that that all comes back in the end when I really look at it. And what lets me keep doing it is that is what all the songs in the 60s were about, right? It's that love is the answer, actually. And that if you can create an experience that unlocks for people a sense of place, purpose, just being in touch with themselves. selves, are in such a disassociated world, like half of the United States is, or more is on like drugs to help them deal with the fact that their brain is telling them run, like you're in the wrong place. And then we label that as a disease. Well, you have depression, take a drug so that you can stay in the wrong place and feel happy about it. If we can get the conversation around who we are, why we're here, what is this experience? Nobody's going to invent the machine that fixes this. The only thing that's going to save us is actually getting the global population to be like, oh, wait a minute. We need to care about each other. We need to care about the earth let's approach this from a place of compassion and then i think we'll be able to solution welcome to today's episode
1: of unleash thyself i am your host constantin Morun, and today i'm thrilled to be joined by justin handley and joanne hunt of silver mouse a band that transcends genres to create a truly immersive musical experience justin in addition to being one half of silver mouse serves as a director of audio engineering at the Monroe Institute. His work has been pivotal in introducing truly psychoactive music to the world, blending brainwave entrainment technologies with theories on consciousness. Together with Joe, they create Silver Mouse's unique blend of live electronica instruments and beat frequencies that has captured the attention of audiences worldwide. In our conversation, we will dive into the psychology of psychedelic music the science behind brainwave entrainment and how Silver Mouse has harnessed these elements to create transformative musical journeys. From the technical aspects to the spiritual essence of their art, Justin and Joe are here to share their in-depth knowledge and inspire us all to connect with music and each other on a deeper level. Prepared to be transported to a world where music becomes a pathway to enlightenment. Let's get started. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Justin Handley and Joe Hunt. Justin and Joe, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today. And perhaps your Unleashed moment, the moment you knew you were on your own path to becoming the best versions of yourselves. It's such a pleasure to have both of you here.
2: Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us.
1: (laughs) So let's talk a bit about what you do, and how you got there. How did you first stumble upon brain, brainwave entrainment? Because that's a topic that, honestly, until you reached out to me, Justin, I wasn't very familiar with.
2: I mean, you've had a longer journey with that than me by far.
0: Yeah, I actually got interested in brainwave entrainment somewhere in my 20s. Someone gave me a tape, and I think that it was actually a, a strange tape. I, I think that it was a how-to-quit-smoking tape, but I didn't smoke. But it was it was supposed to be using this like, you know, crazy mind control technology. And so I just wanted to check it out and I listened to it and it was amazing. It transported me to a kind of different place and I actually got a little obsessive about it. I, I would play it for everybody. And I think that when I first met Joe, I made him yeah. listen to it. And
2: I was <laughs> giving up smoking as well. So it was actually quite appropriate. But That's it was. Good. Wasn't it with the thing with... Well, the it wasn't that. Well. That was different.
0: So I okay. also, somewhere in my interest there, I bought a little thing called the the Mind Machine. I don't know if that's what it was called. I know that there is a thing called the Mind Machine now that's a similar thing. It was a little plastic box and it had like six settings and it had glasses with red LED lights inside and headphones. And it basically like played flashing lights at sound and sound at you. And, you know, it was kind of a funny little box because it had like relaxation and... Kind of meditation and sleep and the normal things you think about it. It also had a setting called Roller Coaster, where it used the lights and the sound to sort of give you this disorienting kind of like feeling of movement.
2: I remember loving it. Yeah. I, loved that thing. <laughs> I don't remember the setting that I loved, but I, I just loved it. There's a photo of me from like 16, hmm. 17 years ago, and just like passed out on the futon with these bizarre glasses on. And I remember the feeling. You know, it was like I'm. Mean, it's like. Tripping, you know, it was it was really like being like inside a video game or something. You know, it was not that I really have experience of that, but it it, it was otherworldly. And I, you know, I thought, oh, this guy is kind of something else. <laughs> so
1: I'm curious. I mean, I guess before I ask that question, can we explain to the audience what brainwave
0: entrainment actually is and why it can benefit you? Sure. And I think that you know, to before we go there, yeah. it's just worth having a little context because we haven't even mentioned that. You know, with where what we're doing right now, you know, we play in a band called Silver Mouse, right? And we're we're <laughs> playing live music with brainwave entrainment in the live shows. And that's you know, just to give a little context about where this conversation is coming from, and I think that, you know, for for that story, the the trajectory is was a little bumpy where there was that like, okay, here's what happened 16 years ago. You know, we moved, I lost that tape. I didn't bring the little headphones. You know, I didn't look at brainwave entrainment for decades until actually about a year and a half or two years ago, three years ago, three years ago, very
2: beginning of the pandemic was when it kind of came full circle and back around to into our lives. And
0: so, you know, and that was through largely coincidence. I, I was, looking for work and I applied for a job as a programmer at a place called the Monroe Institute to help them build a mobile app. And lo and behold, they were the source of those tapes twenty years ago. And I didn't even know that, you know, when I was applying for the job. And then I was like, oh wow, you guys are the the these people who make the sounds that I liked. And and so that's how it kind of came back. But in, in any case, to answer your question, brainwave entrainment uses what's called a frequency following response, which means that your brain tends to tune itself to the predominant repetitive beat in an environment. And that can be anything. So I don't know if you've like, you know, the tapping people like that's a form of entrainment. Like if you tap on yourself, your brain will eventually start sinking to that beat. If you play drums, which is one of the oldest forms of like, you know, Psychoactive brainwave entrainment, something that impacts the mind is like drumming for trance states, or, you know, your brain will sync to those beats and, and that happens. You can also, in medicine, they use electroshock, probably the most effective form, which is actually pulsing electricity straight into your brain. And this isn't like invasive. the well, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, you know, the insane asylum, I'm going to zap your brain thing. This is just putting electrodes on. It's like having an EEG that. Instead of reading your brain, feeds it Isn't back. Is the
2: same with that stuff that they're doing now? I forget what they call it, but where it's sort of like light therapy. You know where... Light,
0: flashing lights are the same? Yeah, yeah. where they do...
2: Oh, okay. Like, someone I know actually had that for... They do it a lot for PTSD and trauma where it's the same concept as the beat, but it's actually a light and you can kind of reprogram the where your eye looks. Again, it's that same training the brain through this repetitive kind of movement of whether that's sound yeah. or, or light. You know, and light
0: is actually, in most studies that you look at, light's more effective than sound in terms of brainwave entrainment, but it's less practical.
2: Also you know, it causes everybody epilepsy.
0: Also causes that. Well, so can... It, well, triggers yeah. <laughs>
2: epilepsy if you... The, and the uh, tones, too.
0: Yes. So any any repetitive beats can, uh-huh. theoretically. So, you know, the light's the most, the more effective, or or electric shock. But again, you know, these are impractical, whereas everybody's got headphones these days. Everybody's yeah. got something that plays music, you know. And so sound is probably the most accessible form of, of entrainment. And then, you know, I guess the other thing to know about brainwave entrainment is, so what does that mean? You play a beat and your brain starts syncing to it, a brainwave is, is actually a measurement of, you know, you're, you're firing, I have no idea what the number is. Let's pretend it's a couple hundred thousand neurons per second. And you're nev- that's never going to all sync up. So a brainwave is actually a measurement of the predominant pulse of that, like where you start to get sets of neurons firing together at, at a certain rhythm. And the you know your brain runs from about 0 to there there's different estimates but probably at least 60 hertz which is a beat per second you know and and could potentially go higher than that but we don't have the tools to measure that they used to think it only went up to 40 because they only had the tools to measure up to 40 now we have better tools and so now they think it goes up to 160 nobody really knows what happens above that because we can't measure it yet and and those are associated with different states, you know, starting most simply with like the very low zero, one, two. that's deep sleep. You know, as you go up into like 4 to 8, you get into kind of deep meditation. As you go like 8 to 13 hertz beats per second. So as you beat faster, 8 to 13 is kind of like light meditation or relaxedness. You know, 13 to about 30 is what is the range of what happens all the time, standard waking awareness. You know, and then 30 up is what they call gamma. And that related to flow states, ecstatic experience, also things like anxiety.
2: I just think that's so interesting. I just feel like that that sort of mystical state And the creative state and the flow state is it's a yin and yang situation, you know, it brings in the sort of the, the human energetic field and the element of choice and sort of and of fear. You know, or stepping in so that the flip side of that very desirable state is anxiety, which is obviously an undesirable state, you know, for the human. I just I find that very, very interesting. We play a lot of gamma frequencies in our live shows. Anxiety has never, ever once been a response that people have said that they have experienced. And I think a lot of that is the the safe container that you create when you're playing these sorts of things. And that the, also the, the desire for outcome, you know, is that a lot of people will use it to ease their anxiety, you know. And I, I just find it, it, it very fascinating to me that, that you know, there are two sides of that same coin. It almost negates anxiety out of the equation. You know, it's like, are you anxious or are you having a mystical experience? You yeah. need to just follow your breath. <laughs> Root in your body, you know, take the message and be brave and and create something, you know.
0: Ultimately, that comes back to, I think what really is happening up there is your brain's super active. It's hyper-focused. Right. And so where you direct that, it's, it's, you know, the analogy to psychedelics, I think is similar. You know, you can take psychedelics and go to a rave and most people have a great experience. Some people have a bad trip. And that's because, you know, if you've it's where you focus. So, you know, if your focus, if you've got hyper-focus kind of turned on and you're focusing on, you know, what's beautiful or like a leaf, you know, you get that, or your hand, that's like the common tripping thing is like, you're just sitting there like, whoa, my hand is amazing, you know, because you're seeing it in a way you've never seen it before. But then if you use that same hyper-focus to focus on, you know, something you're afraid of, something bad that's happening in your life, then you can spin out on that. And so I think like Joe said, with, with live music, with meditations, 99% of the time you're going to have a good experience because you're going in like oh I want to put these headphones on you know like in the case of brainwave entrainment meditation it's like these beats are going to make me calm you're going in with that concept Mm. and so you know your intention I think has a lot to do with it and it's not as
2: strong as psychedelics you know it's not something that you're taking into yourself that, you know, you, you are relinquishing control too, you know. So, you know, we can liken it to, you know, medicine and, and, you know, physical medicines, but it's actually a much more subtle technology than that and something that you can really step in and out of, you know, if you were feeling uncomfortable, you could just walk away from the speak, go and, you know, look at the sky and, you know, calm yourself down. It. it but, uh, you know, that isn't an experience that we have had people um, go through.
1: Hey, it's Constantine here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine.unleashthyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, Back to the episode. Well, thank you, but That's uh, that's amazing. I, I, I love listening and learning at the same time. And I can relate with a lot of what you said as well, not necessarily with the brain training, but everything else, the drums. When I was in the jungles of Ecuador last year, partaking in the plant medicine and, and working with the shamans, I didn't realize that the reason for the drums could be to, to sink your brain and to get you in that trance. And now the way you explained it, Justin and Joe, it makes so much sense now why in every ceremony, tribal ceremony, going back thousands, tens of thousands of years, they use drums, they use music. And then you mentioned something that really struck a chord me just in the idea of intention. And I've realized in life that everything you do ideally should have an intention behind it because that's when you can really get or co-create whatever experience you want. So if someone, like you said, doesn't have an intention or on their mind, they're, they're, they have fear, anything that comes with fear, and that's going to be emphasized.
2: And I think that comes back to the psychedelic medicine, you know, you talk about plant medicines and, and taking plant medicine in a safe container in the natural space with a guide where you're safe, which is very different from the recreational use, similar kind of psychoactive substances. And again, their fear is less of a question, you know, a bad trip isn't isn't the thing you're shown you know you're shown you're you're taken to what you need to see so there's also that sense of trust that there is no bad trick there is only consciousness and there is only healing and there is only the onwards forwards motion you know whether it's spiraling up and spiraling out you know of the smallness of our individualized experience and yeah I mean they're all very much sort of Interwoven together, these these technologies. Because you know, you can talk about it. All oh, the, the beats, we use technology, we use computers, but the essence of what we're doing is is very simple. It's very much the same. It's very much the same thing, you know. Because it's it's a space and it's a trigger for the individual human beings to evolve and expand and do their own work. Yeah, that's
1: that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for adding that. Let me ask you this. What would you say the purpose of partaking in, let's say, brainwave entrainment with music, with lights or sounds, what, what are some of the greatest benefits that people could expect or could intend to have?
0: Well, one of the things I've been, you know, I, I spend a lot of time watching the space and what is happening. And recently I was looking at a project that was happening in England where they've been doing large room installations where basically they set up a whole bunch of, places to lie down that have stereo speakers on either side and have flashing lights. So they've got the whole light sound entrainment. And I was reading through their marketing copy and they didn't even talk about brainwave entrainment. They talked about feelings generated by flashing light. But one of the things that it said was, you know, the most commonly reported thing by people leaving was a deep sense of peace, right? And... And I think that when you look at it, brainwave entrainment most often is used in the meditation industry, right? So binaural beats is a form of brainwave entrainment and binaural beat meditation music is really pretty popular these days. You know, it it's just starting. And I think that the Monroe Institute is kind of leading this. They're in partnerships with a few artists, including Silver Mouse. It, they're starting to sort of broaden that genre a little bit, you know, and have done Even as far, probably the farthest is like an indie rock album that had signals put on it. But I think that in the traditional use, because they tend to generate this feeling of peace, you know, they've been used in meditation music historically, because that's usually the goal of meditation is this sense of peace. And you can, I think there's room to play there though, you know, so with, with different beats, very low beats, you can use to put you to sleep, you know, so as a functional tool, you can... For people who have trouble sleeping, you can listen to low frequency beats and it will help you fall asleep. Um, for people that study and there's companies out there doing, you know, focus and study music where there is some research showing that playing beats in the kind of standard waking awareness range helps you with memory retention and so that, you know, you can use that. I think that in our case, we normally are doing a split signal set where we do a low set somewhere between, let's say, two and eight hertz. So even as far down as sleep. And one of the things that I found most interesting when I started thinking about this is that we play electronic music. If you're lazy, right, and you never change beat frequency, which I think we fall into, a lot of our music is at one hundred and twenty beats per minute because that's like the default setting in music production it software. It's also a very common. It's very setting.
2: You move, you groove. You're not, and you and know, you're not like hey. And so the
0: <laughs> the range of of electronic music might go down as far as eighty for super ambient and up to like almost two hundred for like happy hardcore kind of crazy driven stuff. But you know that middle beat range, 120 beats per minute is two hertz. It's two beats per second, which is in the range of sleep. And so then I was like, well, actually all techno music here has this fundamental driving beat, which is in the range of sleep. That doesn't make a lot of sense. You think about going to a rave, you're not falling asleep. Why is that happening? What we're playing with is you have these lower beats. So you have the beat of the music, which is around two hertz. And then maybe you play a four hertz or five or three or you know, signal. And four Hertz is a super popular frequency because it's, you know, Bob Monroe, who founded the Monroe Institute, did a lot to popularize this. And he started just with four Hertz beats. That was his thing. And because that's right on the edge of sleep and awake. And so his whole goal was he had started out trying to invent sleep learning. So his goal was to try to, you know, put you to sleep, but keep your mind awake so your body could rest but your mind would still be available to engage. And, and so I think that those low frequencies really tap you into your subconscious, put you in a dream state. If you close your eyes and lie down and listen, you'll, you know, you get visuals. Hallucinations isn't the right word, but like dreams, you know, you kind of go into a dream state. And then, so in our live shows, we typically also do then a pretty high gamma so that you're doing the ultra focus and the flow state. And and then sometimes you do a signal in between, which is a bridge, and so the the goal, the end goal of that is to create a tap into your subconscious, activate your subconscious and your dream state, activate your hyper awareness and your kind of flow state, and then create a bridge where those can connect because often they don't, you know, one of the side effects of listening to these signals that I've found is you remember your dreams more, you know. You, you listen during the day, you sleep that night. The next day, you've had more vivid dreams and you remember them more. And I think that that's because you're creating this space where you're allowing your conscious mind more access to your subconscious mind.
1: That's amazing. I mean, it gets me excited. And I know, Justin, you sent me over some of the music you created and I actually listened to it meditating at, at night. And now that I think back on the days I listened, perhaps that was the case. I'll have to sit on that and I'll have to try some more. But I was really intrigued by the music you produce and it's actually very calming because you brought, you, you mentioned the calmness and you go in that state, you listen, at least in my case, I close my eyes and my headphones on and just lay down, listen to the four songs that you sent. And it definitely brought more calmness, more focus after more sense of, of joy, I would say.
2: Right. I think that's, you know, in terms of, for me personally, the why, you know, why brainwave entrainment and why in our music and, kind of a it's a huge question you know there's so much that I can really say about that but I feel like primarily it's about improving experience of being for as many people as come you know as listen as want to tune in and it improves the experience of being for me too you know as we're playing we're also under the effects if you like of the of the signals we're listening to the signals we're, we're sharing in the experience it it, it creates a, a situation where it's not just that we're playing music for you and your and you know and we're sharing in that energy but we're all also having this collective experience and the music that's coming is coming out of that place because it's coming through us so it just breaks down more of the, the barriers between people, the barriers between parts of self, the compartmentalization that can happen in the human experience. I'm in, in this mode when I'm here or I'm in this mode where I'm there. So it's, it's that alignment and authenticity that is the real kind of, I think, of, of that work. And then the sharing and sharing fully what that means that we, we're we all sharing this, this experience. And, and I feel that that's very reflected at the end of shows, the conversations that we have, the people that we speak with. The I love them. They're like the most amazing people. And I feel also that the brainwave entrainment, again, the why we have that compartmentalization of like I'm meditating. I'm a great meditator. I've been, you know, or I'm working now or i'm creating now or i'm you know making love now or what you know we again we compartmentalize all of these things and i feel that there's this there's the thread that runs through it all there's the 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 truth of of all of that and i feel that, that this is what we we come down to a friend of mine just the other day actually she was we were messaging back and forth she was having a really hard time so this is an example again in the individual you know lives of brainwave entrainment how it can be very beneficial she was in a kind of spin you know she was in a very very anxious place and had begun a therapy journey but was just feeling like out of control you know like very far away from that place of calm self and you know what can I do what can I do and you know so we were discussing the ins and outs of the healing journey and and therapy and you know your therapist is somebody who's part of your you know one of your tools you're not you know you don't need performance anxiety to go to a therapist you know you're not being a student here you know like a good this is someone that is part of your team you've got this you've got this you've got you know all of these other tools you can bring in for your healing and you know and and you're already there you know these are people to remind you these are tools to remind you you know but that they might the need for meditation was what came up and i suggested this app you know, I suggested listening to some of these tones, not necessarily a silver mouse set, although I think that that could be very beneficial, but really just keying into the tones and some of the guided meditations that are very hypnotherapy based. You know, there are a couple of practitioners who, who take you on, you know, journeys through your consciousness with their guided words as well as these tones. And her response was really interesting. She said, Oh, yeah, I the trouble with me, the trouble with my brain, so this negative association, is that I, I can't sit. I just, I find it really hard to sit and to quieten my brain and, and to meditate. And then she said, I'm, I'm going to work really hard on that. So it was another way to, it was another part of that fragmentation. And it was another way to talk shit to herself. And another way, moving away from that sense of you're whole, you're healed, you're here, you know. So I recommended that she go and listen and she did. And she was like, wow, that was amazing that I'm going to be doing this every day. Because what it does, that's what I said to her, was you don't have to work hard on anything, right? Some people might call that the spiritual bypass. I call it the simple route, right? The simple route. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to work hard at this. You make yourself a comfortable nest where you feel great. You lie down. You make sure your body feels good. You're not punishing yourself with a rod up your back, you know, like, oh, my knees hurt. Must not focus on that. Empty the mind. You know, you make yourself feel comfortable. You hold yourself. You put this on. You fall asleep. That's okay. Thoughts come up. That's okay. You listen to what happens. That's okay. You're going to feel better at the end than you did at the beginning. You're going to be kinder to yourself at the end than you were at the beginning. And everything comes from that space. Everything positive, everything self-loving, everything self-honoring, everything aligned comes from that place. So then bringing that into the live music environment, why not? Why would you not want to bring that into live gatherings of people who have made the choice that night to come and share an experience with people they don't know? Why not have that, that beautiful ingredient underpinning that that night
1: joe and justin thank you such a powerful message and story that i love it so it sounds to me that if i understand correctly not only does it benefit you on a personal level when you do it by yourself but when you're in a group of people it benefits you but then because you're part of a group you now have that bond that connection that forms at the level that we may not understand and it allows us to get even more out of it
0: so i think that that's something that Nobody has ever really studied, so who knows what the effects are. But I think that from an idea concept, you know, well, there's your brain and there's the brainwave frequencies that we talked about and there's tuning your brain. But what does happen when you tune a whole group of people together to the same frequency, right? What does that mean? What does that do for people? And I think that as as a musician, you know, the biggest thing that I noticed when we started playing with signals is just that it changed the conversation entirely after shows from I like your music or I don't like your music or that was fun or you know to I felt this or I experienced Mm. this or I I really realized this (laughs) you know and that's and that's what I noticed was that when people talked about the show instead of talking about the music they were talking about their experience more and
2: that's
0: and that was interesting to me
2: and that's what's so rich about those conversations and why I say these people are so amazing. And I love these conversations that we have after a show because they are such real conversations because people are open and people are sharing how it made them feel that people get vulnerable, but not in a... Now we're going to get vulnerable. You know, it's, just, it's all very authentic. And
1: Yeah, I love that. And it sounds to me like it changed from a, a message of, oh, I like something external. Yeah. To, oh, I like something internal about me you now, what this did for me. And that's so powerful.
2: It is. It's sort of in the sense of as an artist, it moves, it, it moves you beyond the two-dimensional notions of performance. And it moves you into experience and, and sharing, which is what any art form has as its intention you know in its most elevated or most honorable state you know we both came from a background in theater and the work that we were doing in that theater in theater was always about that place it wasn't about now I am you know I am a man and I am walking here you know it's like come into the body, come back to the self come back to the present moment like the minute you're acting you you it's boring it's it's fake it's about the the, the authentic and the real and, and and watching something really happening but I feel like in music particularly because there can be the sort of the, the mystique of the artist and the the groupy kind of vibe of fans you know it's it's very different from the theatre going public whether that's you know very highfalutin fancy theatre or whether that's street performance, you know, there there's a much more energetically, the audience is much more engaged on that human level. And and in the best music, that's also the case. But there's a lot of also that posturing and that sense of sort of adulation, you know, which is not very appealing really, I I, I feel on the on the in the sense of why. You know, the when you question, you interrogate that, the why you can end up with something not not and that's obviously not to say that music that live performance that doesn't use these brainwave frequencies is just all ego driven bs that's not the case at all obviously but i think that there is this conversation that as artists that interrogating that why is a really essential part of staying aligned with the real the highest manifestation the highest expression of your art and the purest which is always something about freely freely sharing and and freely giving away you know and and freely continuing to receive yeah
1: and i love that message so much and i I love how you keep going back to the why because it's what i discovered in my life as well and one reason i'm doing this podcast it all revolves to the why behind my purpose what i believe I'm here to do, be in service of others and help. And it sounds very similar for the two of you and and the band because you touched on something very beautiful there as well, which is the idea that you're giving freely, but in that giving, you receive so much as well because you partake in the music, but also the, the conversations after and beyond.
0: In some ways, I feel like being a musician, it, you know, it's, it's almost, it, it can be an addictive experience. It can be a, a great vibe because even without the signals and without all of this, you know, I've always thought that when I visualize it, and one of the things which recently I've seen more and more information about, but is the concept of like the Taurus. So the, you know, that. one way to think about it is the energy field. Like if you look at your body as the middle and then it goes up and out and down. So it's sort of like an apple, right? Like that shape of Taurus. And the when When I think about playing music, I sort of see that turned on end where it's like you give out as a musician this energy, and it passes kind of through the audience, but then they feed it back, and so actually, what's playing the music is not you but the energy of the audience, you know, and I think that that's also one of the things that the signals help with. I feel like our shows have gotten better because. It used to be, we're a very experimental band, right? We've played a lot of venues. Sometimes you walk into a room and it's not quite right. It's the wrong people or it's the wrong vibe. And so you're putting out some energy, but they're not really giving it back. It all gets a little weird. Your music is less good on nights, unless you're an amazing performer, you know. All those nights,
2: but we have had shows like that where there might just be one person.
0: Well, that's all it takes is one yeah, person. One, but I mean,
2: with this one person who's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> then then you're having your own little heart.
0: But I think that that feedback loop. And, and so I, I think that also the signals kind of enable that, like the people are kind of more open and giving. And that lets you as a musician, you know, you're not going to play as well if you're tense. If you're like, do they hate me? If you're thinking about, I don't know, whatever how long is this going to last? I want to get out of here. Like, you're not going to play your best, right? You, to play your best, you need to also be in the moment. And so the signals, in a lot of ways, it's like they open you up as a musician and then you can flow more freely and then the audience is more receptive. And so the energy you get back and, and you get that flow of energy that's really, you know, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, you know, the musicians are the most lucky part of the whole scene. Like it's, it's well, and that's why I'm a musician. I mean, I think it's the most fun place to be.
2: I think that's what this, happening in our music has made us have a different conversation with place so where previously we were where can we get a gig where can we play oh this play and we would play in places like Justin saying where you know it's like a biker bar in you know some weird place in LA and we're just like how did we think this was going to be a good idea you know like against bikers but it's about you know (laughs) matching the energy and matching the vibe and what bringing the brainwave entrainment has done is underpin the vibe so it's almost now something silver mouse used to be something that was sort of like came from us but it was a bit like trying to hold a jellyfish you know like what is it I don't know and we're just like oh and it's an octopus and it's you know escaping from all these places what the brainwave frequencies have done is create their own container around it so now it's not even that I'm really touching it it's just like hovering and I'm like oh where where can we put this you know so the places that we're seeking and the places that we're going but not just that the places who are seeking and the places who are coming to us are the home for this? Yeah, so nice. those kind of awkward shows, we are it, not having those awkward shows. Yeah, I
0: think part of that is also that our genre. Well, we are a genre basically. Like we we play pretty unique music, and it goes all over the place. I play a lot of instruments. She plays anything she wants because she's an electronic music producer, so she can make a very diverse. Yeah, it's not so, like house or
2: tech house or that. It's and so weird
0: when <laughs> when we used to try as just straight up musicians to book gigs it's like where do you go well we're we're not electronic enough for the electronic music festivals and we're not rock enough for the rock festivals and we're certainly not going to go anywhere for singer-songwriters it's
2: kind of jazz (laughs) it's really not jazz (laughs)
0: and yeah technically it is a jazz structure we have a header we have a footer we have an improv section like it's the same as jazz but it's not jazz. And, and we had, you know, we've had people over time, we've had fans who were like metal heads and are like, you guys are so metal. And, you know, and then, but sometimes I'm playing recorder and it's like, really like trying to figure out where that fits in is, is hard. When you shift it to be like, let's open our consciousness. We're going on a journey. Suddenly it'll make sense. Right. We're going on a journey and I might be journeying from a recorder to like playing death metal on a violin. I don't know, but like, it's just part of a path of an evening. And and it's like how humans work is you go through different brain states, you go through different emotional states, you know, and we're just going to kind of play with that through sound. and And so I think that having, but having that initial opt-in from people of, oh, I'm interested in experiencing, I'm interested in playing with consciousness. I'm interested in experiencing something new. Well, suddenly, okay, that's the buy-in, not our genre. And that lets you then bypass like maybe you hate recorders, but you can get through that bit because you get it because you're in this like I'm on a journey vibe as opposed to what have I come to? I didn't want to come and listen
2: to that type
0: of music, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah.
2: and then the place, you know, we're not really playing bars. We're not really playing traditional clubs. We're playing really pretty unique, largely outdoor sort of indoor outdoor spaces that have their own magic. So it's in conversation with that space. People are quite mystified by the place they find themselves in. And then the music weaves the world with the space and with the people who come into the space. So it's, it's really magical, you know. I mean, it, it, it really is magical. In terms of scale so far, those spaces, you know, are not enormous. You know, these are still quite intimate Rooms of twenty to eighty people really is kind of like the 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 range that these kind of places accommodate, at least that we you know have found so far. But that's also a really wonderful size of group, you know, where there's enough surprise and spontaneity happening between people you've not met before, but you're not in a sort of throng of like <laughs> sardines, you know. Right?
1: I love that. Oh my, it sounds so magical. Honestly. I'm not just, I'm sold. I want to come see your shows <laughs> all the way from Canada. Well, talk offline. I'll find where you play. I will come to see at least one, if no more. And I'll share with all my friends and family because this, this sounds amazing. And I feel the energy coming through, even though we're so far away from each other. And I think you touched on such an important concept that the idea that maybe in the past you're forcing it, trying to find gigs, places versus just trusting. And allowing it to come to you. And of course, you putting that energy out and finding it. And that's a concept that I've struggled with so much, the idea of just trusting the universe, your higher self, God, whatever we believe in, the things will be okay. And the things will come in our life for us, not to us.
2: Yeah, I think that's a completely uniting common experience that we share. You know, we we noodle it in our brains. We, as humans, we, we try to force things. We try to plan things. We try to design it. We try to make it happen in the way that we have decided, in our own image. You know, in it, I'm not a religious person at all, but, you know, so I may misquote or say things the wrong way. But, you know, in Christianity... And in a lot of these kind of world religions, there's that sense of you know in God's image or in man's image, you know and sort of false idols and kind of unpicking that and bringing that down to its sort of nugget of truth for me is that when we try to build our lives in our image in this it's got to be like that how can I make this happen you know it even if it does happen you're in in this mental kind of pickle, you know if we Trust, which is the most simple thing and the most difficult mm-hmm. thing to do, you know, when we trust, because we're we're so we're we're so effective humans. We're so we turn our attention to something. We can really build. We can build to the extent that we build things that destroy us. I mean, we, we you know, we we're very, very effective at, at working and doing, you know, we're sort of like two-legged beavers. We're really fantastic at, you know, at building and making things. So we can get addicted to our own ability to build and to create, where it's the co-creation, it's the trust yes. and the surrender that is the magic in our lives and You know, I feel that these kind of conversations, they're more and more prevalent. You know, at the same time that we're facing climate change and all of these issues and oh, man's done this and humans, blah, 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 blah. We're also in this incredible place of human evolution. We have so many of the restraints and restrictions that we've experienced. They're not gone, but we see them. Yes. We see them and we see them for what they are and more and more and more people are having conversations all the time and it really is contagious, you know, and there's there's so much good, there's only good in that contagion, in that form of contagion, you know, the self-activation, the expansion of your ideas and, and who you are as a person, the, the trusting, the co-creation, the freedom, the play, you know, It's it, it makes me feel incredibly optimistic, in, incredibly in love with This moment in time that we find ourselves,
0: and I think that that's you know that's also for the why. Why do you do this? Why in live music? And it's something that I've struggled with a little because I'm a Virgo. I'm a solutions person. Every time anything's wrong, I want to fix it. You know, and I feel like that applies to you know a very big degree to the to the state of the world. Right? It's like there are serious problems, and so sometimes I think like, well, what am I even doing? Why should I? Why am I playing music? You know one of my favorite writers wrote just the other day this really disgruntled piece about how the world is falling apart, and people still are just like want to be like rock stars and this and that and you know and and that struck me because I was like, yeah, I hear that, like why do I have the right? Why shouldn't I actually be back in school figuring out like carbon sequestration or alternative energy production. But I think that on examining that and also in the work at the Monroe Institute, their goal right now is to reach 1% of the world population over 10 years. I mean, that's a very lofty goal. It's a lot of people every year, like 80 some million people a year, I guess. And and why? Why do they want to do that? And I think that that all comes back in the end when I really look at it. and What lets me keep doing it is that it is what all the songs in the 60s were about, right? It's that love is the answer. Actually, and that if you can create an experience that unlocks for people a sense of place, purpose, just being in touch with themselves, we're in such a disassociated world like half of the United States is, or more is on like drugs to help them deal with the fact that their brain is telling them, run, like you're in the wrong place. And then we label that as a disease. Well, you have depression. Take a drug so that you can stay in the wrong place and feel happy about it, right? And I think that at some point opening, if we can get the conversation around who we are, why we're here, what is this experience? And that really starts with simple, you know, I think for both of us, that was a thing that started in the 90s with drug experiences, right? It was drugs. It was going to parties. You take a drug and you're like, whoa, mind blown didn't even realize there's this whole other world out there. You know? And I think that the, the younger generation now is more cautious as I see it, more conservative. There's actually less really irresponsible drug use than there was when we were kids. But that also means like, how are we providing these experiences? How can we keep unlocking the minds? You know? and, and I think that also, at, at the same time, the minds, the young people are being born more open all the time. Like younger generations are more aware and there is an evolution happening. But I think that that is actually the only thing that's going to save us. Nobody's going to invent the machine that fixes this. The only thing that's going to save us is actually getting the global population to be like, oh, wait a minute. We need to care about each other. We need to care about the earth. Let's approach this from a place of compassion. And then I think we'll be able to solution. You know, like, whereas without that, there's... It's
2: like they say, you know, in sort of parenting and, and child rearing, you know, you introduce, you you raise your child in nature and you surround them by nature because we can't save and protect and honor something that we don't know and that we don't love, you know. So, of course, you bring, your, you know, if, if your children appreciate the value of trees If they've experienced the magic of the shade of a tree of a picnic beneath a tree of of picking apples from a tree or mangoes from a tree of building a house in a tree of hugging a tree you know they're much less likely to chop down trees in their lives and they're much more likely to plant Trees in their lives, and I think that's that's kind of what what you're saying with with that is the you know when we love we know what it is we know what we're here for you know we know what we're here for and everything else can sort of melt away and that sense of the rock star and the article that you read and you know I understand that and you can also you can point the finger at anybody you can look around and be like oh well it's not that influencer culture it's this it's that and it's like well influencer culture gets a strong rap you know for reasons that are understandable but at the same time what are these people doing you know they're in charge of their lives they're in charge of their own income streams they manage their own time what is it they're trying to do they're trying to evolve as a human being and they're trying to be free right That they're trying to be free they're trying to be the agent of their own destiny but if you look at the essence of what's happening you know it, it's a, a symptom or it's indicative of the self-activation, the self-empowerment movement, really, that you've got young people who are like, I'm not going to go and train for years to do this thing and then go and work in this company. You know, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to pay. I'm going to have the life that I want to live. You know, And when it comes to the, the scientists and the carbon sequestration and, and those sorts of lofty things, that's a very small percentage of incredibly smart human beings. And the more they feel there's something to save, you know, the, the more goes into to that work as well. You know, the, it, it's just that it's like that thing. You can't go wrong. if People are feeling whole and people are no love very hard to go wrong from that place the choices that come from that place and i think that even
0: when people are asking just the question and i think that's one of the things with the live shows, is live music you walk into our show you may or may not know what you're getting into when you come you know you probably don't because there's not a lot out there that's similar so you probably haven't If unless you've seen us before you probably haven't been to anything super similar it's just about opening the path to the question Right, of like, or or the path of exploration. So you come, you feel something, you have an experience, you feel calm when you leave, you feel a sense of peace, or you even, you know, some people have gone as far as saying that, you know, they've kind of almost had full out of body experiences. Like we had a woman come to a show and she was lying up front by a speaker and just kind of, you know, sleeping from my perspective. And after the show, she came up and she said, That was crazy. She's like, I was at a show and I was watching a show and I thought it was your show. And she's like, And then a dog barked and I realized, that I was somewhere completely else. Like, you know, so the dog kind of brought her back to actually our show and whatever show she'd been watching in her mind was a a different place. And I think that, you know, so you have a range of these kind of experiences and really what they do is they open the mind to say, what was that? You know, what, where did that come from? And that that starts people down a path of exploration. What you know, and I think that that is really... Because there are, nobody has the answers. You know, if people had the answers, we'd just all be enlightened already. Like nobody's really got that answer. And so we'll, all you can do is sort of try to create experiences that point people in a direction and let them then go down that path.
1: I am beyond excited that you are finding value and inspiration here. Your support means everything to us. If you're watching this on YouTube, take a moment to click like, subscribe, or leave a thoughtful comment below. And if you're listening on our podcast platform, subscribe or leave a review, and it would mean so much to us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Unleash Thyself Today and TikTok at Unleash Thyself for daily insights and guidance on personal transformation. Your interaction helps others discover this content and fuels our mission to bring even more meaningful discussions your way. And on a personal note, I truly value and appreciate you and your thoughts. Now, let's dive back into this enriching exploration. There's so much more to uncover. Creating awareness, right? That's what it's all about. Like this side of you that you may not have realized. That's how it started for me. Because once the awareness starts to come in, it's very hard to put it away. So I'll equal it to my, let's say, spiritual awakening. It's almost like if I'm in an eggshell and you crack the eggshell, now the light comes in. It's very hard to close up that eggshell. And that's what the work you do does, right? For people that are at the beginning of this journey or haven't even started, it allows them to now see a different side and say, wait a second, I want more of that. Where can I find it? What can I find And love is the answer. I love that you brought it up, Justin. I wanted to circle back to that because that's how I feel as well. And, of course, everything that comes with love and everything that everyone can do in relation to love. And to your point, Joe, with a small percentage of, let's say, really smart people that are here to make a huge change, well, if they're surrounded by more love, then everything else is powerful.
2: Person, place, and energetic form. And we can only do our our work and when we find it and we know what it is we have to do it you know we, do we have it. to share yeah. it and, and when we do like again it's like only good can come from that you know it's like and and we're not doing this and we're not doing that and we're not no we're not we're doing
1: this no i love what okay. you just said there joe and the way i say it is part of my mission the way i see myself and what i'm trying to do with the podcast and my videos and content how people on this journey So they can become the best version of themselves and make the world a better place. And I was challenged in the past, like, how can you make the world a better place? I'm like, well, it starts with you. It starts with the world that you have around you. If I'm a better version of who I am and who I was a few days ago, that means that the world around me is going to be better because people will feel that. People will want to be around. People will benefit from it. So all of a sudden, my world becomes better. Now you do this enough on a large enough scale, like you were saying, Justin, earlier, for the 8 billion people, or not even, probably don't even need that much. You probably need 1 billion. And then it's just going to be a snowball effect, a ripple effect.
2: It's going to impact everyone. It's really true. It's really true. And then every choice that we make from that place, it's like it, it grows exponentially in, in us as well. The better we feel, the better guided our choices are. The better the experience that comes through that choice, the more we confirm what it is to be in alignment and what it is to be in in in, in, in that co-creative present space so then the next set of decisions the next choices the next interaction like it's it really is you know if you think about it it, from you know a a chemistry perspective you know we are all of us are agents of change yeah i love that i love
1: that so i wanted to ask you this kind of take it a bit of a different direction what do you see as your ultimate goal with silver mouse with the work the two of you are doing either together or individually like if we were to go in the future, 10 years from now, when you get to watch yourself? Like, what are some of the things you wish to have accomplished in the time frame?
2: Well, I'd like to be doing the same thing. I'd like to be bringing those shows, those experiences all around the world. Maybe the scale of audience would sometimes be those intimate settings of 20 to 80 people. Might be settings of 200 to 800 people. Probably no bigger than that, but maybe, but maybe, you know, but it always in conversation with place, always in alignment with that why, not losing touch with that core experience, preserving and, and honoring that, that experience, but experimenting with it, experimenting with numbers of people, experimenting with plays, experimenting with... But outdoor locations or indoor-outdoor locations in all different corners of the world, language isn't a barrier for our music, there's no lyrics. Beautiful. It's completely accessible in, in any language. So I see that as being something over the next 10 years. I would love to grow those those players and make links with other artists too. I would love to collaborate with, with visual artists who are also aligned on a similar sort of mission of creating incredible experiences, maybe with light. There's a guy I'm obsessed with his work, Refik Anadol. He is a visual artist. I think he's Turkish. He's very pre- prevalent around the world in different gallery and art spaces. And he uses music in his work too. But it's very... I don't think it's music that's necessarily created for what... It's fine. The music is fine. I get what... But to me, I feel like the music is a placeholder for <laughs> Silver Mouse. I, I would love...
1: Delico, that's a great vision.
2: Right? I would love to work with with him and with these these sort of melting incredible digital spaces that where you walk in and you're just like where am I but you're not actually like you know we've played in the earthship and in these sorts of different incredible structures and you know we're blessed with beautiful outside environment but the spaces that Rafiq works with can be urban you know like intensely urban they can be warehouses they can be you know cubes in, in a place that's actually very stressful and, and but people are working there and living their lives there and still needing these these experiences so you can come into an inside space where somebody with these incredible visual skills creates these melting, amazing landscapes that are interacting with the music that, that we're making and the tones. Like you know, So I have ideas for collaborations.
0: And I, I think that's one of the challenges kind of ahead of us as you travel and as we grow, right? The the easiest way to grow is to play where people are, where people, they're in cities, right? Some of the magic of what we're doing is that we're in Puerto Rico and we're in rural Puerto Rico. We're not in San Juan. We're you know, out in nowhere, and a lot of a lot of the places we play, somewhere. But compared to what a lot of people consider urban, we are not on the no, map. No, no. You know, our whole island's not on the map. Like every every home in Puerto Rico falls under the whatever it's called Farm. FHA Farm Home Act. Like the whole island is considered rural. So I think that one of the challenges for us, you know, we play at this place called the Earthship. It's magic. It was made by. A ton of people over a couple of years. And it, I don't know if you know about Earthships, but it's a building methodology where you can pack trash into tires. And so it's all recycled. You're sinking a bunch of trash into the earth and you end up with amazingly beautiful spaces. So We're lucky to have this place and it's, you know, in almost a rainforest right on a river with these huge, beautiful trees and like in this amazing buildings that are sustainable. They do all their own water collection and it runs fully on solar. And it's like, you know, so it's really a cool thing. And you invite people to this setting and it's got a high degree of magic. So then you go to New York City to play a show because there's a lot of people there. You think that, oh, we can access this audience. How do you create that same degree of magic in that urban environment? And I think that's one of the challenges in front of us is like, we've kind of got the easy train here. We can just show up and play. And because of the set and the setting and the everything surrounding it, it's magical. You know, I think that as we move into bigger audiences and more traditional venues, you have to ask yourself, how do I bring the magic, right? How can I transport that feeling into other venues to allow people to have the same experiences? And, and you know, there's, there's definitely, there's people doing it. I mean, we met at a, an experimental physical theater uh, Place called Double Edge Theater in Massachusetts. And I think of them and what they do with theater. And I think of like Cirque du Soleil and what they do with theater and circus. And, you know, I left the theater because I was tired of having my music dictated by the timeline of a performance. That wasn't about the music, right? Okay, now you got to play this. Now you got to play that. It's got to be this mood. It's got to be that. Oh, quiet down. Somebody has to say something. Like there was all these rules all the time and I just wanted to play. And that's one of the reasons that I left the theater. And I think that, but I loved the theater. And I feel like that's also part of my vision is like, well, how could we, how could we reverse that? You know, how can we bring the theater back, but where it's at service to the music, as opposed to the music being at service of the theater, you know, and and create these performance spaces and, you know, another project that we've talked about that I think there's kind of a flip side of what we're even looking at, maybe creating two different booking pages for the band and doing one for a concept that I'm tentatively calling like dream theater where we do something similar to the project I was talking about in the UK, you know, there's this light base, they, They built their project based on the, you know, when you have like a lamp and it's got strips and they spin. And so it creates this like spinning light effect. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, but also creates a brainwave entrainment frequency because the lights are going at a certain speed. Your brain syncs to that, you know, but I think a similar idea where you could come in and actually the space is yoga mats and pillows. You're invited to lie down. And we actually take you to the dream space and do performances there. You know, I think that that's one possible way for us to perform as well as, you know, come and dance, hang out, do whatever. We often have a hybrid at our shows anyway. Some people dance, some people lie down. It's kind of people do what they want.
2: And I think the urban, you know, it's an interesting challenge how to, for everyone, everyone living in urban spaces, everybody who is looking for authentic experience in the urban environment you know how and where is that happening and in the same way that you know the dandelions and grass is coming up through the cracks you know you've got to be very vigilant as a municipality to kind of quash all the green things which (laughs) I think a lot of cities do but when it comes to humans you're kind of playing whack-a-mole if that's what you're trying to do because we are always seeking the light we're looking for the, the places where we can gather and we're looking for the places that bring hope. When you look at cities like Detroit in, in Michigan, you know, which was, when was that, the economic crisis? What was it that happened there? The car industry fell yeah. away and unemployment was, was, was horrific and, you know, homes were, were being sold for sort of $10,000. But what came into that space was an incredible self-activation of the people in Detroit and it drew people from other areas as well who were into regeneration and regenerating that space and creating farms in that space and becoming a sustainable city that, you know, runs their own food system. And, and artists are drawn to that space as well. So, you know, looking at where, I think, you know, we have a lot of these amorphous sort of visions over the next 10 years. But when it comes down to the, the how and the what, I think it really comes down to this gift of this, Being that is the work itself, and continuing as we have been doing, continuing to follow the energy. We're getting closer all the time. Like we 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 know our people, we just don't know them all yet. Yes, right.
1: Sounds like you know you need to do a lot of trusting. Do you trust?
2: Yes, and reaching out and not being hurt when the things you reach out don't come, but continuing to reach out and continuing to reach out to the places and the, the performance spaces that really resonate and thinking outside the box with it, you know, what about a community garden? What about an abandoned church? These don't need to be bars. They don't need to be nightclubs. They don't need to be places with a booking guy, you know, who's getting, I receive, you know, thousands a month or whatever, you know, but really thinking about where the home is for this work that we do, but really expanding that reach. You know, and really share partly because it's super fun for us, but I think it's what it's it's I know that it's work is it it wants to do. Yes, yes.
1: I love both of your visions and how aligned they are. And we can't wait to see and talk to you in ten years as well, and of course before then, but see how far you've made it with your visions and intentions. And I'm sure the sky's the limit to be honest. And this type of work, I think Joe you touched on this earlier before, but we are in a state where people, especially the younger generations. Realize that this is not working for us. Like we see our parents, our grandparents working to the bone, maybe retiring, maybe not, because they don't have money. And we don't want that for ourselves. We don't want to be on the hamster wheel. We don't want to suffer, to your point, Justin, with all these mental health issues that we have to take pills for to numb ourselves down. And people are waking up. And that's the beauty of this, because the more you do your work and together we do this work, the more people will hear. And we'll, we'll listen and will will begin their own journeys at their own pace, but they will. And at the very least, seeds will be planted and they may not sprout tomorrow or the week after, but maybe in a year or two, they will blossom into something beautiful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it comes back a little bit to what Justin was saying earlier about, you know, for us growing up in the sort of 80s and 90s and the kind of experiences that we had, the partying, the recreational, you know, the Gen X kind of way of of being young compared to now and I think a lot of it is that the kids now are like I haven't got time for that I haven't got a decade to party in a warehouse with a bunch of people for the sake of partying and figuring this shit out you know I don't regret anything that I did in the 80s the 90s the early 2000s not a bit but I can appreciate that if I incarnated now I wouldn't be doing that because For one, they're already more awake. I had to go through that to get to where I am now. A lot of these kids, they don't. They don't have to go through that. They're already there and they don't have the time. And they also, we were rebelling. We were rebelling a little against, you know, the hamster wheel and this way of being and that way of being. In a lot of ways, there is no rebellion now because the things that were offered to us as the normal were at least secure, you know. Am I just going to go and buy a house and get a job and have a secure career? No, I'm going to do something else, but those things aren't even really available to young people anymore. The secure job, the secure career, the house with the picket fence like that the
0: idea of a safe retirement the idea where you just of- know you're going to be paying <laughs> yeah. for for the rest of your life
2: don't exist, <laughs> so they are on their own and they know they're on their own and they're awake, and that's a powerful and mighty generation so i I'm interested in being 85 and playing music with these guys and their kids because they're where it's at, you know?
1: Yes, yes. You know, maybe
2: the wrinkly ones in the room, (laughs) you know, but like they're where it's at.
1: Absolutely, 100%. And that's the beauty in all the work that's being done now is that, yes, people are on their own. Younger generations are on their own but really with what you do and what we do with the podcast and beyond it's building communities and bringing people together so they realize that yes you may have your own journey because we all do but you're not alone we're in this together
2: exactly you're on your own together oh yes okay
1: exactly oh i love this show justin i could uh, talk to you all day long honestly but we need to get close to wrapping this up so before i let you Cool. Let's chat a bit about where people can find your music, can find more information with you or even book you if they'd like to bring you uh, to well, a CTA. Yeah, field. we have
2: a website. Justin works really hard on the website, on designing it and keeping it you know, up to date. So that is silvermouselive.com. And there's information on there. Justin's written a few articles as well that kind of go into a bit more information about the brainwave entrainment, the details that we've been talking about, different perspectives. And also different dives into some of the signal sets that we use, the recipes, if you like, and, you know, more about that. So that's on the website. There's also Instagram. That's, we are Silver Mouse Live. with Gen X, so we still also have Facebook there as well.
0: And on all the streaming yeah. services, we're just Silver Mouse. So basically on social media, we're Silver Mouse Live. And on, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, we're Silver Mouse and, you know, the other thing that your audience might be interested in is that's not us, but that's the work I do with the Monroe Institute. There's an app on Apple and Google. It's called Expand. And it is, you know, a, yeah, it's got a whole load of free it's, it's meditations great. that you can use and experience the entrainment. And our website also has a good collection of stuff that you can listen to and get an idea of of, of what the Audio tech is like. But you know, if you listen to the interview and you're fascinated and you go to our website and listen to our music and don't like it, you might want to check out the expand app because it has, you know, it's more traditional meditation music. It gives you the experience.
2: And it's free. Awesome.
0: And it's free. That's even
1: no better. That's awesome. I can't wait to try that as well and continue listening to your music. And before I let you go for the day, is there anything else either one of you want to share with the audience? Maybe something we haven't touched on.
0: As a call out, really, you know, where we are at right now. If anybody is interested in hearing us and having us come play, they should not be afraid to reach out and ask. Like, that's how we're coordinating shows mostly is by individuals saying, we want you here and looking at where they are and figuring out-
2: How to get there. Yeah.
0: Basically, you know, we're we're just trying to get to as many places as possible. And if we can cover our travel costs, we'll pretty much come and play music for you is our take on this right now. (laughs) So-
2: yeah and thanks to you thanks for having us it was a really yeah great my pleasure thank you
0: i've learned
1: so much and i love your message the both of you and what you do i can't wait to follow your journey and see all the amazing things that will happen so i want to thank you joe thank you justin for uh, for reaching out and for coming on the show and thank you for the audience for sticking with us and learning so much as well thank you
2: thanks
1: thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at UnleashThyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at UnleashThyselfToday, TikTok and YouTube at UnleashThyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantin at I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.